Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Talk about the VOD and the silver screen. Kevin and Tom and Joe know all there is to know. From masterpieces to deep fried tacos. And if the movie sucks, you might hear them say, There's no telling where the guys will take you. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice, cause we're already. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude. This is Real Spoilers, episode 691, Firestarter. Oh, buddy. I thought this was going to be a prodigy biopic. <laughs> well, it couldn't have been any worse. How much does it suck to be prodigy when you're like, we've got one song. It's called Firestarter. <laughs> We're right over here, guys. Not only do you have one song named Firestarter, but you're also like the name of the one of the very first Internet companies. Yeah. And you still can't figure it out. Still nothing. <laughs> right. Like, oh, my God. That'd be like if somebody came out with a movie called Counting Blue Cars <laughs> and didn't use the Dishwalla song. Dishwalla's like, hey. Yeah. It's, we got a song. I bet you Deep Blue Something's still mad oh, when they watch Breakfast yeah, at Tiffany's. Totally. You know? Absolutely they are. We're like, guys, you what weren't the, born yet. What was the was it counting who's counting cars? What was that? Uh the, Counting Blue Cars? Well, there's Dishwalla was uh That's Tell Me Earth all your thoughts on God. Yeah. Yada yada yada. And uh that was counting blue that's counting blue okay, cars. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. That's Dishwalla. <laughs> Got yeah. It. And then there's isn't there a counting car song? But that's One Republic, maybe. Sure. <laughs> if you, oh. I mean, you can name them One Republic song. <clears throat> Feel free. They actually have a bunch. Okay, they do. I, be, I believe they, they have a bunch of they have a bunch of hits. <laughs> they're, they're they're a big deal. There's there's like a weird gap in my yeah, musical totally yeah, and it never comes back around. It comes back around only because I have a ten year old now. Oh, okay. You know, like soon to be eleven, but like it was weird. My kids were never so like my. My boys, especially Brian, he just loves classic rock. I did not foist that upon him. Okay, like, I, like he, like he just he fell in love with Beatles rock band, and this went down oh, the classic rock r- rabbit hole. Interesting. And so, and then, uh, my stepdaughter never seemed to really care about music, and so I don't <laughs> even to this day. I, she does now, but it's always with headphones on. So, because she's fifteen, right. so I never hear it, and it's EDM, which I wouldn't be able to <laughs> tell one from the other anyway. Because I'm Moby, I guess. I'm I don't a, know. Yeah, Moby. No, that's <laughs> not know. Moby. That's no see, that's how old you are. <laughs> right, is that right, you think right. Moby still <laughs> records music that the kids listen <laughs> yeah, that's, to? That's it. I don't think Moby records music anybody listens. Yeah, to. I mean Moby's peak was like literally at this point, like like what twenty five years I think that's ago. Probably right. So yeah, yeah. yeah, it is weird. Like my, I. You know, she takes the, her iPad in the bathroom when she takes a shower. Right. And just turns on music or whatever. And I walked by and it was like pop punk. Right. But like the one that I listened to. So it was like Blink-182 or something. Right. And I was like, what? Where did you hear that? She's like, oh, I heard it on TikTok. I was like, oh. It's right. like, I like the oldies. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I still now. I mean, obviously, I'm older than you are. But like, it is weird sometimes to think about that. Like those Blink-182 songs. Yeah. 
for kids today. Yeah. It's older to them than when I was a kid, like the Beatles and the Turtles. Sure. So that's I mean, and the I monkeys. Think, We're dude, farther away from from those weird. bands now than than when I was the same age. Yeah, I guess Dude Ranch is like ninety seven. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yikes. So we should go around the table and introduce ourselves. It's not gonna take long. This, this is, is Joe. This is Tom. So uh couple weeks ago we gave joe the wrong time and he missed an episode so in the interest of fairness we did the same thing to kevin yeah right so uh gotcha. surprise surprise kevin yeah. still gonna have to edit it though no yeah totally um so uh before we jump into fire starter shameless plugs don't forget we're available on apple podcast spotify google podcast wherever you find your podcast you can find us while you're there follow us so you never miss an episode maybe uh maybe leave us a review that's always helpful. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash real spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And finally, don't forget our Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers, where for five bucks a month, you get all sorts of bonus content and we like you extra. Oh, I said finally, but I lied. <laughs> I forgot to go through the League of Show shares, oh. people who actually shared an episode last week. So here so we nice. go. Uh, Ralph Tribble, Laura Conley Quiddick. David Rojas, Josh Rosen, Christopher Rex, Gabriel Lugo, Heather Sachs, Tom Dowdy, Chris Falls, Chris Williams, Jackson Tom 0318, Minorities Report, Brendan McGuckin, Ryan Terry from the Forza Crowd Podcast, Cinema Recall, Geek to Me Radio, Feel and Film, Mike, Mike and Oscar, Binge Movies, Ronnie Castle, Josh 67430274. This is getting a little much. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Naglia, Invasion of the Remake, and In Session Film. So thank you very much for yeah, sharing the episode. You. We greatly appreciate it. So, uh, what, what is your Stephen King origin story? Like, I mean, do you remember, I, like, the first time you found him? Uh, I think the first book I read by him was Carrie. Okay. So, so like, right off the bat. Well, no, it came out when I was four. That's fair. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was a precocious ch- child. <laughs> not reading Carrie at four. But I wasn't reading Carrie at four. <laughs> okay, okay. Like, I had moved on by then. I was War and Peace. Absolutely. You know, yeah. stuff like that. The Russian translation. Not well, the translation, but the original Russian. If you're going to yeah. do it. Yeah. If yeah. It's worth doing. It's right. worth doing right. That's right. But no, for some reason, I think I started with Carrie. And, okay. And then I didn't go in order. But also, like, I started reading uh, Stephen King books when I was probably... 12 sure 13 so that would have been 82 so at that point there's really only like 10 stephen king books that's it's fair. like that's how old i am Imagine i lived starting in, a, in 2022 i lived in a world where there were like 10 stephen king books because yeah because like i was always so i have the list up in front of me of the books in order yeah and it goes carrie salem's lot shining right Bam, bam, bam. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. And then it goes rage which doesn't count because that's a bachman book right so then the stand in 78 uh, so now we're four books. The Long Walk again. Bachman book doesn't count. Like you know, we like we literally didn't know he was Richard Bachman. Is that right? Then. Yeah. Like when he was putting those books out, nobody knew okay. he was Richard Bachman because they weren't horror related, right? They were just right stories. They didn't have a supernatural yeah, element. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, at least not initially. I think Thinner was a Bachman book, and that ended up having a super. But I think by the time Thinner came out, people had figured it out. Oh, okay. So uh, Long Walk. Not is not a Stephen King book officially, and then Dead Zone in seventy nine. That's a good, and then Firestarter in eighty. So this is his sixth book, and then Roadwork again. Bachman, Cujo in eighty one, and then Running Man doesn't count. Dark Tower is eighty two. Okay, counts, but was hard to find. Oh, really? Because it was. I think the first, yeah, the so like I think the first Dark Tower book of memory serves like it was this real limited print run. It was super hard to find. Was it in something else? Like, did he write it in something else? I don't think so. But okay. but it was like this kind of like, and then finally he started putting it out, and then it was like it was only going to be in paperback, like oversized paperback. He was yeah. never going to put it in hardback. But they put out a really limited run of hardbacks. I actually have Ooh. the first two or three Dark Towers in hardback. They go for like two hundred fifty to four hundred dollars each. Those are no yeah. joke. Yeah, yeah. And then Christine is eighty three. Pet Cemetery is eighty three. Cycle of the Werewolf, which is a novella, is eighty three. Which became Silver Bullet. Yes. Yeah. And then Talesman eighty four. Thinner eighty four. But I think that's a Bachman, and that's when people were starting to figure it out. And then it in eighty six. So. So like that's a hell of a run. That's a hell of a hell of a run. Yeah. And, uh, but um, what did the long walk become? Anything? I don't think they ever turned it in. Anything. Like, did they make it? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But because uh, I remember on my eighth grade field trip, 
they just announced, like people had just kind of figured out that they had made it official that Bachman, Richard Bachman was actually Stephen King. Sure. And those books only came out in paperback, like normal, like the $5 paperback. Yeah, yeah, like the, the old time, not old timey, but But like, the kind you buy on a spinner rack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on the field trip. We go in the gift shop in downtown St. Louis, uh-huh. and there's a copy of The Long Walk on the spinner rack for like $2. Yoink. And it, like it does not say Stephen King anywhere on it. That's so interesting. And and but it had been but people had they had announced they finally said yeah yes this is actually Stephen King. Oh. And so I snagged it and like I remember during the divorce when I was harder for cash I actually <laughs> sold it on eBay for like one hundred and fifty. Is that bucks, right? And it was not in beautiful condition. Like it was in decent, but sometimes not, it doesn't matter. But it was but like find a Bachman book that doesn't say Stephen King on it. Like it's hard to do. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, so he was on a good run, but like, so Firestarter, I think is the period where it gets, where he's so coked up, he doesn't remember. Yeah, it's also, I mean, when you look at, he definitely got into the, uh, like mental psychokinetic, like mind powers, right? You got Carrie, you have the dead zone, you have this. Shining? It's big time, shining. So it's it is interesting how they all, and, and given the fact that he has his own little, universe right you would assume that he would just call this instead so like with with the main character andy who in this movie is played by zach efron which is just it is a weird moment where i was like zach efron's playing somebody's dad yeah but it is he's 35 it totally tracks but uh it's also like i think he is horribly miscast yeah and like the character is we're going to refer to the book a lot. I mean, I just finished the book. Right. So, like, it's I read the book, fresh. but I would have read the book in like 81 or 82. <laughs> it's like before it's, I was born. Yeah. Right. Shut uh, up. <laughs> but it is like he is, it, the character's all wrong. Yeah. Like, Andy in the book is very loving and like fights for Charlie. And right. Isn't like as gruff or rough with her. Right. He He's definitely more like. It, yeah, because in this watching this movie, I was like, they should have cast more of like a redneck, right? Because he's got this hunting mentality about everything. Like, you got to put that animal out of its misery. Yes. Like, you should have. Like, I'm gonna be. You know, he he seems to come from this mindset of tough love. Yeah. Like, and he's not like a complete asshole about it. Kinda. But I well, that's why I said not complete. Yeah. yeah. You know, but he's definitely like. We have very serious things we need to worry about, and so we have to be on point. Yeah, you know, it, and that's not Andy from the book, right? Like, it's just a very. It's been different. so long. Well, I, he's yeah. he is he's very like not. I'm not going to say timid, but he is more fatherly, right? And more like there's a there's a incident in the book where Charlie ends up like uh, setting like government agents kind of like melts their boots, kind of right, and he's like, hey, like don't. Like don't do that. Like he's very anti using using the the, right. the fire, I guess. Where in this one, it gets to a point where he's just like, "Nah, man, burn him down," and it's it's just. Yeah. But that's like the climax. Like he's he spends the bulk of the movie saying, "Don't don't use this. Don't hurt don't hurt people." Yeah. Like you know. And then when they're finally like backed into a corner, he's like, "Light it up," which is how it kind of the book ends in the same way. Yeah. But the whole like Rainbird character is completely different. Like one hundred percent, where in the book he's very, uh, he's not a good person. Gotcha. Ever, like he tricks Charlie into thinking right. that he's okay, and he ends up spoilers in the book at least, uh, killing the the dad and gotcha. Like, it's, but he's never yeah. I felt n- like they were trying to set this up for a sequel. <laughs> I, yeah. Good that's, luck. Uh, Thank God this is on Peacock. Cause that's the only way anybody's gonna watch this movie. Yeah, I saw it it's, in the theaters because so I I oh, had did you really? Well, I had to see it in time to review it on the radio oh. and so peacock didn't drop it early they dropped it early in theaters but not on their streaming platform make that make sense <laughs> um and so i actually paid to see this movie okay so, it's real bad it's like um it's like mid 90s sci-fi channel it's and, I, th- and i mean that <laughs> as a compliment to the sci-fi channel and an insult to this movie yeah it's it's crazy it's so flat that's exactly it. It's just flat. Yeah, and it looks terrible. Yeah. Like, this this guy does not have any other... He's got some other directing credits. Right. It's got a score by John Carpenter. Yeah, the, where did that come from? So, Who was attached to direct the original one. Correct. And, and then did Christine... I guess... Is that right? So he did Christine instead? I don't know when 
that times out. Or did he do Christine and they wanted him to do another one? And he because oh, and he was probably like, I don't want to just be the Stephen King guy. I think he does Christine because the thing tanks. Okay, and then. Maybe that, maybe which is a right. shame. That should have been the should other have way never around. Never happened. Yeah, no yeah. joke. And I like Christine. I think Christine's a very good movie. But yeah. I mean, that's the thing. The thing yeah, is, come on. I don't even like those kind of movies. And the thing's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's top tier. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like, it, and I think the the one of the writers of this is one of the writers of Halloween Kills, which is it is what it is, right? <laughs> like, you know. So I I don't know, and it's interesting because he we have seen this recent like Stephen King renaissance right like right. you've got the the it movies and you've got uh Doctor Sleep Doctor Sleep and, yeah and uh, Stranger Things is definitely an homage to Stephen King it's absolutely. not you know it's not literally Stephen King but it I think you have all these filmmakers that grew up reading these books yeah and they you you're finally getting good filmmakers yeah to make his movies I mean not here of course but, no. <laughs> but in other instances and uh but I mean, there had been good Stephen King movies prior sure. to the kind of the the rethink that we've had the last couple of years, but they were few and far between. Big time. And honestly, most of them were not things people would think of as Stephen King, right? It was, oh, it it, it was, um, you know, it it was uh, Stand by Me. Stand by Me. There we go. All I could mm-hmm. think it was the name of the short story, which <laughs> the was body. the body. But it, but things like Stand by Me, Shawshank Redemption, like those the Green were, Mile, the gr- the Green Mile, like which has a, some something of a supernatural element, yeah. but a pretty. But in the With grand the exception scheme, of that one thing, yeah. In in the grand scheme of things, it's not very supernatural. No. And then you know, so really, the only like thing that really f- to me felt like Stephen King that was really good was. Carrie, sure. The the first one, mm-hmm. and then well, and, that's and then one. misery. Oh, you don't think Salem's Lot? I think Salem Salem's Lot is scared the bejesus out of me. I, I just didn't think it. Helped. I don't think it. It's also made for TV, right? Like it's, it's very different. It, yeah, it's like, getting a remake with Jake Gyllenhaal. I think, yeah, attached. But I agree. Is like there was, yeah. You so you had De Palma on Carrie, a young De Palma. Right, yeah. you had um, Travolta. Yeah, that's right. A Cronenberg, maybe on the Dead, Dead Zone. Zone is Cronenberg, uh, which was I think solid, but didn't really click for people. I think it's great. Yeah. I like it a lot because Christopher Walken is sure. Whoa, yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, and then Carpenter on Christine, and obviously Kubrick on The Shining. Um, I don't know who did, but but like those are top like. Top tier directors who are on the way yeah. up, and I th- I think that the problem has always been with the Stephen King stuff is that the books mm. are all about character development. Everything is about it, and the movies are almost never about character development. Ever like you, I mean, you enjoy living in this world. He paints these really fascinating worlds yeah. with interesting characters, and the supernatural. And then you care about the super because honestly, a lot of his supernatural stuff. Like it's not that groundbreaking of a concept, right? Like she this can girl, move things with her mind. Yeah, she can set things on fire with her mind. <laughs> he can use his mind to read people's minds. Like right, like, it's you know, like There's a mean, lot of mind stuff, right? Like right. I mean, Stephen King is great. Like I'm not like, but the but the hook of the novels, right? Like really, like especially if you read comic books, like you see this stuff all the time. So it it's really. And 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 I definitely mean this is a compliment. It's the writing itself, right? And, sure. the, and the worlds that he builds around these characters that that draws you in. And so many of these movies just got focused on goof gore on the money gore, shot, but yeah, on the yeah, horror, right? on the horror aspect of it. And and you care about the horror because you've come to care about the people. And uh, I think did you watch Midnight Mass? No. Cannot recommend it enough. Okay, uh, Mike I Flint. watched that second one. I like the first one that they did with the haunted oh, house, the thing. haunting of Hill House. Yeah, and then I watched the second one, and that thing was a snooze. That was a snooze. And, I agree. And then I just never got around to it. So I one. do. I highly. The only reason I bring that up is because that to me is the most Stephen King thing without gotcha. it being Stephen King. Right, right. Because they they spend like four episodes building these characters. Yeah, and then the thing happens, and you're like what right and then it's off to the races yeah and that's i think that is what we have seen recently with the outsider uh with castle rock which is stephen king adjacent right like Uh, well i mean they're using his characters and and like it's like a shared world and they they interact and 
and it's weird. Like yeah. there are no characters, right? I mean, Sissy Spacek is in it, but she's not Carrie. But no, there's characters because yeah, in season two there is, but in season one there isn't. Yeah. Oh, I guess maybe the because there because Shawshank is there, so maybe I'm trying to th- like and don't. Don't you get a young version of the lady from Misery? That's season two. Yes. Oh, okay. So season two focuses. I on... I started watching it and then just kind of lost interest. I, but... but it's good. Yeah. I, I think they're both very good because you don't know. Uh, it's got Bill Skarsgård. Who yeah. Is... It's. A, I like the concept of yeah. it, and but um because season, he, season two is real good because he's kind of the first guy, at least in mainstream culture, that kind of did this thing where his books would reference each other. Yeah. With these little what we now call Easter eggs. I mean, I remember reading a book. And yeah, and all of a sudden, they, it would you know it would reference Carrie, and you'd be like, "Oh my god, I know or this girl. I know right, what right, you're right. talking about." Like, yeah, I just right, felt, right, right. you felt like you were part of it. You know, yeah, like, they, it was really cool. They reference the the town of Derry or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. but uh, um, but yeah, so I, I I love the marketing materials for this movie when they're like, <laughs> you know, the new adaptation of the Stephen King masterpiece, and I'm like, masterpiece. I got to tell like, you, <laughs> Stephen King has written multiple masterpieces, right? Absolutely. Like, I, I am not here to to take a dump on Stephen King. No. But but he's also had some books that let's say weren't masterpieces. Maximum Overdrive, for instance. Yeah. <laughs> and like this is the era where, like I said, he's so coked up he doesn't remember writing it. So Firestarter, Cujo, like this is where it starts to get a little wonky. Yeah. And and then and and then he it kind of comes back around, but with um I don't know, I feel misery? like I feel like Christine's really good. Pet Cemetery's yeah, good. Both are great. Um, and then Talesman, but he co-wrote that with Peter Straub. Right. And then It. Oh, okay. which is great. Yeah. Although the ending's a little wonky. Is, yeah, yeah. You know, right? I mean, it was like a gangbang and a turtle. <laughs> Luckily, like I, Andrea Muchetti or whatever his name was, like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> they made the right call <laughs> yeah, there. Right. Um. Yeah. And then because then it goes It, Misery, and then Tommy Knockers, and then it gets kind of like meh again yeah. for a while. Tommy Knockers, Dark Half, Needful Things, Gerald's Game, but um, I man, think, all at ad- all adapted. The, yeah. Everything everything you just read. Yeah. Adapted. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, almost all of it, because Gerald's Game, Dolores Claiborne, yep. Insomnia. Yeah. Uh, was that? No. Okay, Rose Matter. No. Green Mile. Yes. Desperation. No. Regulators. Mm. I think that was a TV thing. Maybe. Um, Bag of Bones, Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon, no. Dreamcatcher. Yes. Black House. No. From a Buick 8. No. Uh, Put col- that on a poster. <laughs> yeah. Um, Colorado Kid, which was... That's a. I'm okay. skipping the Dark Tower stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, but that's a. Uh, they wanted that to work. <laughs> yeah, that was like he's like I'm gonna write a hard boiled detective novel. Like, oh. It's not. It was one of those sorts of things. And then sell. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Lizzie's story, Blaze, Duma mm. Key, Under the Dome, Under the Dome did. Yeah. Um. Uh. That's eleven twenty two sixty three, which I think is a masterpiece. That that the show, the show was the show was oh awful okay but the book is amazing that might be my favorite stephen king book okay it's you know it's up there with the stand for me like interesting it's really good and then yeah joyland dr sleep mr mercedes revival finders keepers end of watch wendy's button sleeping beauties the outsider elevation and the institute that's 60 books if you count the bachman stuff okay and and i guess and and we haven't even Cut and this doesn't. This is only novels. This That's not count, the short stuff. This does not count any of the short story collections, which have also had quite a few adaptations oh, yeah. of their own. But, um, but yeah. So like they really like a lot of these people. They don't want to spend the time with the character development to make you care about the supernatural and, stuff. And this is only an hour and a half. Yeah, it which was is crazy. Which was I was relieved. <laughs> I mean, is, sure, sure. If there's one thing they got right. <laughs> it was the runtime. But it is like you. I feel like you need to have. You need that, especially with this, where just like you got to care about Andy and Charlie, right? And they're on the run, and you got to care about their relationship. And it's just like we are, because like the I think the first half of the book is them on the run, right? And then the second half is them dealing with getting caught. I think that sounds about right. But yeah, so the, so it opens up, uh, it, real briefly. He Zach Efron plays Andy McGee. Um, who has, we find out that Andy and his wife n- were involved in a college experiment where they were testing this serum, and it, sometimes it... Which makes way more sense as, in, as a story 
In the 60s? In, in the early 80s when they would have went to college in the 60s <laughs> as opposed to, like, they were doing this during 9-11? Right. Like, right. Yeah. With Kerwood Smith. Like, right. Which is just, okay. Uh, Why him for one scene? It, I, I don't mean, know. I mean, I guess it's not like he's an A-list actor, but he's a, he's a very recognizable so guy. you hear his voice. Yeah, you would think that he would have more to do in this movie. Right. Well, it's... It, in, okay, in the book, all of them do. Sure, right? Like Raybird, because the book's not forty-five pages. That's true, yeah. The Gloria Rubens character, who they gender swapped, I think, and then they take a whole, they take two characters out of the book, out of this thing completely. Yeah, that are like major players in the book. Like, there's a reference when we go see Kerwood Smith in the uh, old folks' home. Like, the name of the hospital is one of the doctors. Oh, okay. it's just like, well, that's. I gotta tell you, it made me mad more than anything else. Right. Like it's just like, oh God. Um and it turns out that it this this serum six or whatever it's called worked on Andy and his wife. Lot six. Lot six. Uh it did not work on some people. Some people are tearing their eyeballs out. Some people are just, you know, their brains are exploding. Uh again, like there's Stephen King to me at least has never been a gore guy. So when they're just when you see them, this guy pulling his eyeballs out, it's yeah. like, well, it's kind of a, OK, whatever. I know you do. You Blumhouse, John Carpenter, the right. This must be like Halloween adjacent. Like there right. must be some sort of Halloween connection besides like the guy that wrote it in Blumhouse and Carpenter. Right. Um. So, yeah, it's it, they end up turns out that it worked on both the parents and Andy has been using his the push, which is what they call it in this, uh, to kind of get women. And I don't mean this like disparaging, but like he's using it as like a weight loss tool or like a like a therapy thing where it's like you don't... in the book. So in the book, they reference that he does that because here he was helping her stop smoking. Yeah. So in the in the book, they reference that he was like helping housewives lose weight. Uh, but if he pushes too hard, it's what he. Then they want to vote, and they want to get jobs, and like it's <laughs> a whole land, it's a whole it's thing. Just un- yeah, it's, golly, uh, but it causes ricochets, and it like there's and he there- gains weight. Well, he does in the book at least. Like, oh, does he? Yeah, like they they've got him all doped up on Thor. When they catch him, they've got Andy all doped up on Thorazine, and they're giving him whatever they whatever he wants, and he just starts putting on weight. And like one of the first things that Charlie says when she sees him for the first time, she's like, "Oh, you got fat, Dad." And it's like, "Oh, well, thanks, kid." Um, but like, yeah, he's using it to make money under the table uh, by self help is basically what he's right. doing. Um, and. I'm trying to think of this. It's so so. And Charlie, they're they're trying to call this a superhero movie, and I don't, I don't I, like it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think because superhero movies are so popular, I guess that's true. That they're like, well, let's try and tap into that a little bit because I mean, she is basically kind of like an X Men. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, she's Firestar, right? Like <laughs> and so, you know, because and. So, I mean, I, I definitely think that they're trying to, like, ride that wave a little bit. Like, sure. oh, it's Stephen King, but it's also superhero kids. We, you got, like, we, we you like, like those. You like the superheroes. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. So she has an incident at school where uh, this kid is teasing her, and I was like, set that kid on fire, will you? Yeah, like, like I really <laughs> thought that was going to come back and pay off. Well, when, especially when she's walking down the road. And, and she gets tormented by kids later. I thought he was going to be one of them. That's what I thought, too. They were setting up to, like, when she destroys this kid, you won't feel bad because he's nope. a jerk. Yeah. Just three random kids that had nothing to do with anything. Right. So uh the they basically it gets on this this government's radar, the DIS, which uh, if you're gonna be a secret government organization, maybe don't plaster your name on the side of a right. building. Yes. Which is just Redit like they show the outside of this building in big black letters. Right, it says the secret organization. <laughs> right, <laughs> and then apparently, based on the climax of the film, there are up up to six people who work there <laughs> easily. It looked like it was filmed in the in the in the like the access hallways of a mall. It it's unbelievable. Give again, given the fact that Stephen King has kind of risen back to a level of prominence. Yeah, this you know this reminds me of is. Do you remember that Charlie's their own like Jillian is it Jillian Gillian Jacobs movie? Do you remember that? The so they she she does Gone Girl 
and that becomes oh a, dark places yes. and then it was and then they pulled it out of theaters after like three days yes and and because they were going to try to remake it as a tv show for hbo correct it got made kind of before gone girl and then they were like oh she's a big deal <laughs> yeah let's let's hide this movie and remake it properly right yeah. that's what this reminds me of yeah a lot like it, you've got zach efron who i i'm hesitant to call like on the decline but you, he's not where he was. I don't know. Like, I feel like for a grown-up, I mean, he's not where he was when he was 19, but that That's was because he was starring in the, all those high school musical movies, yeah. and, and he's trying to distance himself from that. Yeah. And he did, like, the neighbor stuff. Which is and, funny. That first one's pretty good. Yeah. And Baywatch. and uh, he and he did the uh, that Ted Bundy oh, sure. thing sure, sure, for sure. Netflix. That's true. And That's so true. I think he's definitely trying to set himself up as, like, I'm a serious grown-up actor. I can do this. And... And I don't necessarily think he's it's he's incapable of it, but he is miscast in this movie. I think what he's doing is not what this movie needed. I could see him being the book version of Andy. Right. But not this version. Yeah. I agree. This is this needs to be I don't know, maybe somebody who's just like a little bit gruffer. Well, and I yeah, because I feel like it's written that he's supposed to be gruffer. Because even at the there's the scene where where Charlie like uses her powers and sets the mom on fire yeah. and then she tells the dad it was it, I was trying to do that to you. Yes. And and like up till that point I felt like her and the dad were tight and the mom was kind of on the, the outs. On the outs. And so I was just like why does she want to do that to the dad That's a not good the point. mom? And so like that didn't track for me. Yeah. Well again, I know we're going to do it but it just is what it is. So in the book at least that you, they don't. Um, Andy has like a premonition, or if you get a, he gets a spidey sense, basically. Right. He's like something's wrong at home, so he goes home and like it, he finds his wife. Like fingernails have been torn out, and she's dead. And he realizes they've they tried to torture her to get whatever information they could out of her, and she didn't give anything up. So he scoops up Charlie, and now we're on the run. Gotcha. So like this whole like them being on the run together isn't a thing and if you're making 75 bucks a pop trying like doing like i don't know where you're staying but okay and that's the advantage of the book right is there is no internet there's no cell phones right don't have to you know try to it's a lot easier to be off the grid back then correct yeah Yeah. there i don't think there was a grid yeah you just your electric bill you just didn't use your credit card and didn't take major highways right that was all you had to do in 1980 you did you stayed on route 66 (laughs) with all the forgotten motels and yeah and you were good there's a couple still where i drive by i was like you're still there yeah i I kind of want to see what it looks like inside but i don't want to step inside yeah you're like nothing good is happening inside of that hotel i've seen psycho yeah (laughs) that's no thank you i've seen where my ex-wife stayed (laughs) well done yeah yeah uh yeah so he they they go on the they go on the run and they this is where they kind of take two characters and merge them together so you've got uh kind of like this older gentleman who uh they're hitchhiking, right? Yeah. In, in the book, they're trying to get to Albany. In this, they're just trying to get out. Um, and they, he tricks this guy into thinking he's giving him a hundred dollar bill, but he's actually giving him a one dollar bill. Um, and this is two characters. There's the in the book at least. There's a cab driver that he's like, "I'll give you five hundred bucks if you take us to Albany." And he was like, "Okay." And then there's the guy who owns the farm. And then they get to this farm, and it's becoming very obvious that like he, the guy who owns the farm is kind of not okay right like he's you know there's something else going on and we find out that he's got his what we thought like he's calling for his wife in the house and i was like well that okay nobody's showing up this is not gonna be good right and of course charlie uh being a precocious child stumbles upon her in like she's not brain dead but she's well, I don't know. like in a vegetative state yeah yeah uh but her, her brain she is can't, still... she can't communicate yeah 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 uh and of course we find out that um, our old man is the cause of this. He got drunk, got into a car accident, killed his son, and put her in a, in, in this vegetative state. Uh, all of the bad guys show up at this point. They show up at this house, and this is where we meet John Rayburn, who is like, in the book at least, he's like this hulking uh, Native American World War II vet, no, sorry, Vietnam vet, missing an eye, but he's got like the a heart of stone. So, 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 He's kind of like an evil version of Chief from 
one flew kinda, the cuckoo's nest. Kind of. Yeah. Like, that's the way they describe him. Uh, they almost exactly like Chief, uh, except he's like, doesn't care. Right. And yeah. Well, that's why it's an evil version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Uh, so he is kind of, he is tasked with taking out Charlie and Andy and bringing them back to DIS or whatever. <laughs> There's some weird technology in this. Yeah. Where all of a sudden they figure out that, like, Andy has to look somebody in the eye. So now they have, like, these high tech contact lenses oh in the movie there's weird t- yeah like yeah yeah in the in the book he's like it's rainberg off in the distance and shoots them both with a dart and then he's like got him and that's <laughs> it and he takes them back to wherever it is but yeah like they add these this weird twist to the power where they have to andy has to look you in the eye right to make the power work and it's like well all right they needed him to have a weakness sure you know yeah not just a dart in the neck. Right. Uh, uh, so, yeah. And then in this, it Rainbird, it, I kind of like the line where Rainberg's like, Rainbird, I guess is his name, where he says, you think they tried yeah, like, he's, this he's formula? He's Indian, not Jewish. <laughs> yeah, right. right? <laughs> Rainberg. Rainberg. <laughs> uh, he's like, you think they tried that formula on sexy co-eds? Before they, before anything else, he's like, no, they tried it on us. We find out that he also has the ability to push ah. uh, in in the movie, not in the book. He's just a stone cold killer in the book. Gotcha. Um, Guy must have totally been glazed over. I don't remember it's that for the at best all. part. Yeah, it's, I mean that you were glazed over. Like, yeah, I totally get it. it. It's just it's so they move so fast. Like it's like, and I think the I mean the. The Drew Barrymore version, which she was the, I mean, is she coming off of? I think this was their e. first movie after E. T. I think, which makes sense. Like that, yeah. kid, she was a, an adorable child. Like that's, right. that totally tracks that she would be this girl, the way they describe her in the book. Like right, you know, um, and I think even that movie is. Like I've never seen hour, it. I've never seen it either, and yeah. it's on Peacock as well. Like it's also it they, to their credit, that that app is terrible. It's a, yeah, it's an atrocious app. But they sit it right next to the other one. Right. So I was like, okay, that's fair. That makes it easy. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, but, like, that's even half an hour longer. And I feel like even that extra half hour would have helped instead of, like, we got to get to the fire. Yeah. We got to get to the badness real quick. Yeah, it goes E.T. and then Firestarter. Okay. And then Irreconcilable Differences. I don't think I've seen that either. That's the one where she divorces her parents. Oh, well, how old is she there? I mean, it's 84. It's the same year. Okay. Man, she just, okay. Yeah. She just seems a lot more mature of a movie compared to <laughs> Firestarter and E.T. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, like, there, it, there are, there's so. You know, so... she's similar to Stephen King in that this is also the period where she was so coked <laughs> That's up. That's fair, true. That's also, things. like, I made what movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just, I I think what you were saying is that you've got to build this world. You have to build it. And I'm not entirely sure that you can, like, that Stephen King should be made into movies anymore. Yeah, he's got, his stories have so many little tangents that, that I think the, a filmmaker's like, well, what are we going down this road for? Let's tighten this up. Right. It's like. I I remember in eleven twenty two sixty three, and I stopped watching it, so I don't even know. If That's the James it. Franco one, right? Yeah, yeah. So I watched like the first two, and I was just like, "This is dumb. I'm I'm out." But um, uh, but like, you know, it's it's the thing where he figures he like is going, he can go back in time, mm-hmm. and uh, and he ends up back in in sixty three, and he's like, "I'm gonna stop the Kennedy assassination," but he ends up as like a high school English teacher in this small town in in 63. Okay. And he's just like, and there's this whole period where it just becomes this story about he's a teacher in this small town and, and he is enjoying it and he falls in love with this girl and he's like, and he's like, I think I'm just going to stay here and do this. Okay. You know, like, and so not only was he <laughs> again, time travel, right? Right. So you have completely derailed that woman's life. Right. From whatever track she was on, yeah. you have derailed that. And so he's just like, you know, he's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, and then he's just like, oh, I'm, like, and then he finally decides, like, no, I can't do that. I need to, 
I, I need to move on. But like, I mean, I feel like it was like a hundred pages of him in this town oh. of, and it, but it was, it was interesting. Yeah. Like, right. Like it kind of got into the, the politics of the school and like what was going on and, and how he knew things, but he kind of had to bite his tongue and, okay. And, uh, and he's not going for the sports almanac. No, he's not. <laughs> he's not doing that. And, and so it's, it, it was really interesting, but I, I think that, yeah, in a movie, you lose almost all that. Yeah. Because well, you just don't have time. You show one scene where, like, he's, like, oh, making goo eyes at the girl, and it's like, oh, it's this great love that I'll never have. Okay, back to the Kennedy stuff. I see. You know? But, I mean, at least with, like, The Outsider, right, where you yeah. get, I think it was, like, six or eight episodes, mm-hmm. where they let that breathe. They let that Absolutely. Whole, you, 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 if you put that into a movie, you're two hours in, and it was like, by the way, it's this weird Wendigo thing, and we're done. Yeah, you like, know, like, yeah, you, <laughs> you agree. Don't, you, like, you don't I, get the mystery of like, I, I, what the hell's going on. And I, you know, I find myself as weird to say on a movie podcast, but I find myself have like wanting to watch movies less and less these days because I feel like they can't tell the stories properly. You mean well, like adaptations of stuff? Anything? Okay. Like I feel like it. Like most stories need a little bit more than two hours, and I don't want to sit in front of a four-hour movie. Right. But I'll watch four episodes of a show. I mean, make that make sense? That's but, a good point. <laughs> but, but yeah, like it's like Outsider as a movie would have been awful Terrible. to do that in two hours or two hours and twenty minutes. It they could not tell that story, but as a TV show, it was good, masterful. Yeah, yeah, and and Midnight Mass is kind of the same way. Okay, like if that's a movie, right? You're like, ugh, this is dumb. Yeah, but they they draw it out and they let you feel for those characters and they build on everything. Yeah, and then when the thing happens again, we're just like, oh no. And I think movies used to be different in so much is that they would tell stories that television couldn't. Sure, right, and and because they you know they could they could cuss and they could. They, you know, there could be sex if they needed it. There could be, um, and and yeah, they 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 just could tell story, and they had more money, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, and because if you go back and watch, like in the in the seventies, early eighties, TV movies were a big deal, even up through the nineties, right? TV movies were a big deal. Langoliers, yeah, and but. They were never as good as the movies. No, you know, you always if you saw a TV movie, you were like, "Well, I'll watch it because it's on TV <laughs> it's on and Sunday it's free." Night. But I know it's not going to be as good as a feature film, right? Right, and and nowadays, I, I almost feel like it's starting to flip. You're you know? not, or wrong. or at least you know that there is a chance that this that this TV show is going to have the production quality of a feature film. I think the best representation of that is lord of the rings yeah right like two what was that 99 yeah you're not getting that you're, yeah. not, you're not getting fellowship on tv there's yeah. no way right and now what next year on amazon you're gonna get fellowship of the ring on tv are they telling do the same story or are they oh, do I, I, thought, I thought it was the same story i thought they were doing other stories from uh, the tolkien verse but still yeah like that's still but yeah i think today the the Lord of the Rings trilogy would be on HBO or Netflix, and instead of being you know each movie being four hours, each each book would be twelve episodes. Yeah, and they would leave look, nothing. Out. Look at Game of Thrones. Yeah, right. Like until the last couple seasons. But yeah, like it's it's you're absolutely right, and I think that's. I do think like you know with The Shining or with the, I guess Doctor Sleep is a, is a better example of. Where Flanagan, Mike Flanagan, took that book and and made that work in not only do you get the Doctor Sleep stuff, but you also for the Shining purist, you get that ending that is the Shining ending, right? right? Like you don't get the the that, ma- the that sequel maze was or- masterful and and because the Shining has always been very divisive because you have people that are like. The movie I want is, the hedge maze, or I want the the movie is great, and people who are like the movie screwed up the book, right? And, and so the way he was able to craft a sequel to both, yeah, was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and I've unfortunately that's one that I haven't read, so yeah. I don't know how. It's that, really good. Yeah, it's on the list. Yeah, I, yeah. There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot. Yeah, right. And they're long. I mean, a lot. Of, I mean, some are longer than others. I Firestarter is a fairly short one, but thank God for Audible. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, a lot of those books are you know stand Salem's lot. That that one is a not not a slog, but it's just a lot. Yeah, you've got a lot of characters and a lot of development going on, which again that one like I think that's my favorite. 
And I don't know if that's going to work. Yeah. You know, because there is so much happening in that book. So, yeah. So he was at the farm. He's with at the, the farm and they end up taking him and she gets away. And Andy ends up like kind of tricking Ray Rainbird into thinking that Charlie's in one part. But it turns out she's in a completely different part and like is able to get away. Yeah. Uh, and at this point, she has started to uh, like, again, like develop not only the the fire starter power but also have like some telekinesis going on right she's got a little bit from mom a little bit from dad right i just don't think this girl is very good she's not like i hate to just bag on child actors and and i will say for the most part child actors are pretty good these days you know oh yeah and i don't know if it's her fault or i just don't feel like there's any unique take on this character it doesn't feel and even though i didn't see the drew barrymore version it doesn't feel radically different than the clips i've seen Yeah. yeah And also, she's not done any favors by the fact that, like, the effects real bad are bad and they don't and and they're not well designed. Like, not only are they not well executed, but like it just doesn't look any different than I mean, even the poster looks the same as the original Firestarter. And and I mean, I guess at the end of the day, there's only so much you can do with fire. I don't know. I, I I think of Smallville. I know it's a weird comparison, yeah. but like for the longest time, whenever Superman would use his heat vision, you would get red lines right. out of it, out of his eyes, right? Where Smallville got rid of the red lines and kind of like gave you the heat wobbles, right, right. coming out of his eyes. Yeah, like that was the that was the heat vision. I was like, that's I've never seen that before. Like, right, that's very cool. They kind of do that here. But it's also looks like it's the effects from Smallville, right? <laughs> like it's yeah. It's like well, we'll just do that from nineteen ninety seven or whatever, whenever year that came out. And when she does use fire, it's like man, that looks like something out of a video game. It does, like and not, and not a good video game, right? Right, like it's it's real bad. Um, so Charlie kind of like sits down in the woods, awesome place to try to harness your firepower is right. the dry I was, woods i know and, w- <laughs> and i was like oh we're gonna get a we're gonna get a fire starter montage where yeah. she learns how to use her powers and she does it three times and they're done figured it out yeah yeah a perfect place <laughs> for the prodigy so, song I know. i'm just saying uh, if you're you gonna a do chance. a fire starting montage <laughs> you have a song called yeah. fire starter maybe Twisted fire starter and, and i would say in the hands of a better filmmaker, maybe they'd feel like that's a little too on the nose. Sure. But I don't think that's they probably just didn't have the money. Uh, you don't think that well, that maybe. I was like, you don't think <laughs> they could afford Firestarter? They but couldn't afford fire. That's <laughs> that's a good point. There is yeah, there's a, a whole scene where she's sitting, like looking at it like uh, that she has uh, sticks that she has arranged into a, a pyramid and it is surrounded by dead brush. Yeah. And I was like, I gotta tell you, kid. You missed that thing. Right. You're sending that whole forest up in flames. Yes. Like, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. You're you're destroying the state of California. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Wherever you are. Yeah. Uh, so she figures out how to use her power. She, I feel like it's a pretty safe bet they're in Ontario. I also think Vancouver. that's a very safe bet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where can we film this on the cheap? Canada. Yes. Okay. So she... Is getting like messages who she what she thinks is coming from her dad to come to the this place. Yeah. Um yeah, Tom did mention that she roasts a cat. Like Stephen King not well this Best is part a, of the movie. Du- I mean it I think so for me it's when she gets the guy in the car. I just don't like cats. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So you church makes sense from Pet Cemetery when yeah. They, yeah, they squish church. It was like but then they bring him back and you're yeah. like, God damn it. And I'm like, but he is evil. <laughs> he is. Just proving my point. <laughs> so makes my point it's real easy. My point. Real easy. Um, so she takes this kid's bike that <laughs> she's like, you give me your lunch, you give me your bike and you go away, I guess. Like there's nothing yeah. to that third kid or whatever. Right. Um, oh, so I just looked it up real quick on Wikipedia. Principal photography began on May 25th, 2021 in Toronto. There it is. Yeah. And Hamilton, Ontario. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, when they're in the woods, it very, it looks Canadian woods. Right. You know. Um, so she ends up going to the DIS, which is, again, random building that labels itself. Right. <laughs> uh, but this entire time that, like, now we've got Rayburn, Ray Bird. Uh, he does not host a game. Also, game I know. That also, Ray he Bird. does not host the match Bird. game. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll see you in two and two. Uh, I guess no, I that's Chuck that. Woolery. That's Chuck Woolery. Who got him? Yeah, he's a yeah. creepo. Um, 
but like he starts to like turn on the people because yeah i whatever um so this is the part that i like where she starts using the push on this uh agent and i do like where she's like it says agent on your thing you have a gun he's like no i don't i'm a technician she's like okay and he goes for it and he like she melts his face yeah and i was like that was kind of cool like that's the coolest part of the movie for me um she melts his face like slayer she did yeah. just like sk- bleh, like you know it's like dripping off of his uh off his skeleton and then she roasts him uh <laughs> i do like where they've got one guy manning of an entire like facility who's like she's in and everybody's yeah. like what and then <laughs> you know it's it's so it's unbelievable that this is part of this movie where it's just like one guy sitting in front of like three banks of screens and they're like she's here right and nobody can figure out how to stop this girl the budget on this movie is 12 million dollars presumably <laughs> presumably <laughs> zach efron got 11 million of it <laughs> I, just, like, hey, I feel like the, a guy watched er for a little bit and was like you know who i like that gloria rubens she's all right what's she up to just between reruns of that and that 70s show. Um, yeah, so, like, I, I do, I do kind of want to mention, like, the other doctors that are in this book that... So, Andy stops taking the medicine in the right. book and starts realizing that, like, the medicine is what stopped the push from working. So, once he stops taking the medicine, he's starting to, like, push the doctors okay. and try to get himself out, and he's got this whole setup. And it's interesting, in the fortunately, in the book, where he, like, if you don't... If you push too hard, you can cause a ricochet which will cause like other memories to become bad memories and then those will lead to other bad things right so this the Pinchot, who's the the name on this hospital that we see and we right. don't see this doctor ever like turns out he was a cross dresser in college and stopped doing it but then because Andy pushed him so hard like he started doing it again well that hasn't aged well not at all <laughs> like can't put that in the movie which makes sense right. but it's like he also sticks his hand into like uh, a garbage disposal and that's how he dies is he just won't bring his hand out and he dies from like blood loss right and i was like okay the the cross-dressing thing can't do that like obviously but you could do the the hand in the garbage disposal right you could do, either way um so we this is the most ridiculous scene in this entire movie you've got we find andy zach efron like harnessed to a chair uh, and he basically in the book, even in the book, they say he's like, I won't push her like the only and, and it comes down to like this last thing where he's like, I have to like it's the only way that she's going to unlock this ability. I have to push her to make her burn everything. Right. And that's kind of what we get here where she he says Gloria Rubens, who again in this movie as a, I don't know who she is lead bad guy right sure why not project manager project bad manager guy. bad guy yeah middle management bad guy um kind of has like a knife to zach efron's throat and says if you burn me you burn him and he's just like burn it all and he pushes andy or pushes charlie and she unlocks the power and she kills her dad like b- yeah. sets him on fire gloria rubens gets set on fire and this is kind of a decent scene like it's it's her just kind of tearing ass through this facility and just yeah. burning people and but throwing because people. you didn't do any of the carriage development it doesn't you don't, matter you don't care right, right. like uh, on a better movie you'd be like oh yeah here's what we're here for well, and that's the it thing was just kind of like this is gonna happen now. the entire in the book at least she's like i don't want to do this i don't like this i please don't make me do this i don't want to kill anybody i don't want to hurt anybody and then when it finally comes down to her dad is dead She's like, fuck this. Yeah. And you're all going to die. Like, that's the way this is going to work. And it does. I, she feels a little bit older in the book compared to the, like not a teenager, but like maybe like 10 or right. 11, like somewhere around there where she could have the idea that the like the the cognizance to be like, I'm going to kill you right on purpose. And I know what I'm doing. Um, And I, I it's a shame because in the book, it's like she's in this stable. And she just like lets loose and is just like smoking like these agents left and right. And like, it doesn't matter who gets in her way. Uh, the one description of like bones turning to like black char and like dust. And I was like, that would have been kind of cool to yeah, right. see. But they only had $12 million. So I guess they can't right. do that. That yeah. also makes sense. <laughs> they could not afford black dust. Yes. <laughs> they couldn't afford any black That's dust too whatsoever. Pricey. Too much. 
Uh, I think of like Halloween where they're like, no, man, go scoop those leaves up. Like, we don't have enough in the right. budget. So <laughs> you, you go, we got to use those later. Um, so she ends up like tearing through this entire facility and she comes face to face with Rainbird and he like is going to offer himself to her and like kill him and she won't do it. And then they leave together. Yeah. Like, she, like he's her dad. Now. Yeah. And it's like he killed your mom. And he got your dad caught, and he, like he's not a good guy. Yeah. What are we doing? Um, we're gonna make sixty minutes of suck because this is. I mean, again, it's only half an hour or an hour and a half. Right. Like, it's it's such a mess, and I do th- I I do think maybe some of the short stories, right? Like I I have every intention to read the jaunt. That's the one that is like that's really on, good. on my list that yeah. I want to read really bad. Um, the short stories probably work better as movies because yeah. You're you're getting the you know the stand by me I think is one of the it's a novella, is it? It's not yeah. a short okay. Well, it's it's a it's a book of four short stories. Oh, okay. okay. So it it's from a book called Four Seasons, and that's where you get um, Stand by Me called the Body, right? And then you get Shawshank Redemption, which was okay. Rita Hayworth in the Shawshank Redemption. And, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And uh, and then you also get Apt Pupil. Oh, I forgot that's a Stephen King one. Yeah, and I forget what the fourth one is. That's a good movie too. Fortunately, it is. Fortunately, it's Brian Singer. Yeah, but wow, it is wow. a good movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and like they they walk off into the sunset, and it's just and I and I don't think I think at this point, obviously, we got it chapter one and chapter two. I just don't think you can make a Stephen King movie into a two hour movie or a Stephen King book yeah. into a two hour movie anymore. I I just don't think. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Make it a TV show or, I mean, the short stories seem to work. Those seem to yeah. be able to and it's, transfer. It's well. called different seasons, not four seasons, oh, but okay. there's four. So Skeleton Key is the one with Skeleton Crew. Skeleton, I think Skeleton Crew. And that one. has a bunch of short stories yeah, in it. It's yeah. A bi- it's a big old book, but like the yeah. jaunt is the one that's in there that I would like to see kind of. The other one's called The Breathing Method, which I don't think has been adapted. Oh, okay. Uh yeah, this is real bad. It's real bad. Yeah, it's not <laughs> like incompetent. It's no. just like so mediocre. Yeah. And it and it could have been fun. Could have been fun. It could have yeah. been a lot of fun. It could have been like a Stephen King superhero right. story. But yeah, it, as I, I got about halfway through it and I was like, this is just like that stupid Charlie's their own movie. Yeah. Like and that never like and again, like that never got remade. <laughs> Yeah, they went ahead and did. We're like, we'll do the other one. What's the third I, one? You got Sharp Objects. Yeah, we'll do that I one. Thought they were trying to turn that into an HBO show. They were because Sharp Objects did really well. Yeah, like that was really well received. Obviously, gone. I think the problem with Dark Places is the premise is a little stupider. It is a little stupider. It was it was a fun read, but the premise is kind of like it's that's like it doesn't know who her family is. is that what well, that and was? it's like there's this idea. It hinges on like there's this underground world of people who like trade oh, serial yeah. killer paraphernalia and is she and so was it, she like can like they thought she killed somebody like her family was killed by a serial that's like, right it was like a mass murder yeah 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 and and they think her mom did Maybe. it or something i don't but and so she that's gets right. pulled into this world as like a celebrity to these people and like and i was like this feels kind of dumb but i guess i'll just roll with it <laughs> yeah, and right. and the and the story was interesting if you can accept the kind of dumb premise yeah but, yeah, um, I think today if I was making that and and honestly today she might be more apt to go this direction as a writer is instead of building around this fic- this weird world that doesn't seem like it would be real is make it about their true crime pro- podcast. Oh, for sure. Yeah, especially they, in 2022. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah, that I believe those numbers are dumb. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and not about I'm like congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> like I get but good Lord. Right. Uh, yeah. I yeah. I think they should stop trying to make and if you're going to do it do it in two parts or give it the time that it deserves yeah and i it, this is they didn't do that with this no they did not <laughs> this is a big old swing and a miss absolutely yeah so. i'm really glad i read the book yeah because cool oh boy <laughs> i'd have been pissed yes so uh anyway i guess that's it for this one yeah 57 minutes. Uh, hey man yeah. <laughs> so uh <laughs> that's it for this one joe Joe, where can they find you? You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts, B-U-T-T-S 21. Also, don't forget to check out, if you are on the Patreon, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre episodes should be wrapping up. Uh, there will be, 
hopefully an interview with Matt McCarthy from the We Watch Wrestling podcast and currently starring on uh, Spare Me, I think is the name of his show. Okay. Uh, and also a uh, friend of the show, Brian Spath, and I did a recast of Superman. Of who we would like to see maybe a, the, the Warner Brothers reboot. Awesome. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, Adcox set the fires. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice because we already warned you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.